Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Lesbians. We have a really special episode today. We have a guest. Their name is Zoo. Um, so I'm going to let them go ahead and introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Zoo. I am a non-binary queer. I live in Los Angeles. Uh, and I uh, recently did a cross-country road trip going to every lesbian bar in the United States uh, called The Long Road to Lesbos. Love. Uh, I really want to visit LA one day, but I just know in my soul that I could not live there. Yeah. LA is a, it's a difficult place. Um, I have moved, I moved back from Vermont and I did it and I was like, I'm going to see how this feels. We're going to feel it out. Maybe now that I'm back in LA, I'll like suddenly be an amazing Angelino, but it's definitely like, you have to be ready to live in Los Angeles. And if you're not ready to live in LA, it will crush your soul. Uh, And you just need to be aware of that. If you are ready, it's going to be great. It's going to feel wonderful. But if you're like not ready for it, it makes people very miserable very quickly. We met because I can't remember if I followed you on Instagram first or you did. I I remember when we first started the Instagram, I think I would just go to like any queer Instagram page I could find and then just follow <laughs> anyone that followed them. I was like, this is like the easiest way to gain followers. Um, exactly. But like also know if I'm like hitting my target. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, so I had a few questions. So I wanted to just throw those out there and then I just want to let you kind of take it away and talk about like your journey. Um, So the things that I was wondering about was like, what led you to do this? Like a huge cross country trip, which one was your favorite, obviously. And then just like how life was on the road. Cause there's like this part of me that wants to like do all the national parks in a van. But I also love my giant bed so van life iffy there was especially towards the end every day i would sustain myself thinking about how i would soon be in my own bed once more um so i completely understand (laughs) yes i was like okay we're almost there you're almost to your bed my bed's amazing i was so happy to come back to it um but so first question how this all got started in the first place was basically a couple of years ago, I was hanging out with a dear friend of mine who had just gotten out of like a long-term heterosexual monogamous relationship. And she had come out of come out as bi during that relationship. And she was like, I want to be explore my queerness. Now you're the gayest person I know. Show me around the gay Los Angeles scene. And I was like, I'm also a baby queer, but I'll do my best. And I started like no, I'm Googling, the gayest like, person my friends know too, but also still kind of a baby queer. Like, um, yeah, so I was like, like well, I guess so. We're learning together. Yeah. Um, so I Googled, I was like, lesbian bars, Los Angeles, and nothing came up. And I was like, this is very odd. This is a major metropo- metropolitan area. Why are there no lesbian bars? Um, we ended up going to a couple places and then we were just talking about how there were no lesbian bars. And we were like, maybe we should open one. And we talked about it for like a couple of weeks. It was just sort of like, a, maybe we'll do this. This sounds kind of fun. Um, forgot about it for a while. And then during the pandemic, it was, everybody did. I came to a, you know, life changing. What do I want to do with my life? I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my office job. Um, 
and I want to open up a lesbian bar. Like that is what has brought me joy when I think about it is opening up some sort of lesbian queer bar. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? I've never worked in hospitality. Um, so I moved to Vermont <laughs> to do an apprenticeship at a gin distillery, uh, learned how to bartend, learned about that world. Uh, and then I had done that road trip from LA to Vermont the first time in five days. I did it very quickly. Uh-huh. I did not make stops. Uh, and so I'm going to get there as fast as possible. Literally, I was like, we're getting this done. Um, and then I knew as I was doing that, I was like, okay, when I eventually move back from Vermont to Los Angeles, I want to take my time. I want to actually see the country. Ooh. And then when that time started coming around, I was like, okay, I definitely want to do this. But also, is there a way that I could somehow make money so I could actually take as much time as I wanted to take? Um, or even if not make money, just like have some sort of like thing. I like having like yeah. a project or like a you know, like you know, how you were saying is like opening a lesbian bar like Armani and mm-hmm. I used to just always like talk about the podcast because we just we went to high school together but we've been apart for eight years um just different schools and everything so we just always talk mm-hmm. on the phone and we're like we're hilarious it would be great if other people were experiencing this with us yes, um so, and then we just talked about it and all of a sudden we are months deep into a podcast and I'm like I don't know how this happens so soon you'll be have your own lesbian bar and everything. I love that. Love the energy. So yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to drive back across the country. And I started thinking about the lesbian bar thing again. And I'd been sort of looking at the lesbian bar project as like a reference point as I was like thinking about opening up my own space. And I was like, what if I just did a road trip where I went to all the lesbian bars? That would be fun. Uh, And I started thinking about it and I thought about it for most of the summer. uh, And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, and make it happen and i did uh and it took a month on the road uh 29 days in total um from vermont to los angeles um and yeah it was great (laughs) um it was a whirlwind but it was very much just sort of like a i've been thinking about this and it makes me happy so i'm gonna do it which is how i'm trying to live my life and also i feel like you can pull ideas from all the bars you went to and exactly. you know just create like this like melting pot place that's just like the perfect one um exactly. that is so i was thinking about that earlier just like how many bars you had to hit in a week like as you were doing it just because you know it was only a month so like yeah. what were you like averaging like how many bars were you going to like i don't thought a bar a night pretty much um okay. like especially once i got past um denver i started uh doing like every other day just because things are further spread apart out west and also i have family and i was visiting them um sort of breaking it up that way um but yeah especially the first like two and a half weeks i was at a bar a night one day um when i went to the bars in chicago i ended up going to three bars in one day um two in chicago and one in milwaukee wisconsin uh because I planned poorly and didn't realize that uh, those bars were not open on a Monday. Uh, none of them were. And I was like, well, in order to keep the schedule that I've made for myself, I need to hit all of these on Sunday. Otherwise, I'll just sort of be waiting around for two days. Right. Um, 
So that was a really fun day. But actually, those bars like are a super mini bar crawl cool. within. Literally, I was like, you can have one drink per bar. You're going to stay for two hours at each bar. Um, Just make sure you have all of them. Yeah, uh, and those ended up being some of my like favorites like i don't know I, I don't people keep asking me what my favorite is every time i tell somebody about the project and i don't think i have like one um but i really really loved uh cubby hole in new york city um which is like yes. one of the classic classics um i also really loved slammers in ohio weirdly enough um it was this very cool like neighborhood bar kind of vibe mm-hmm. uh there was pizza there were lots of lesbians in flannel uh, watching games and like flirting. Um, there was this whole beautiful table of trans women like sitting having cocktails together. Um, it was it just like, like a really heaven, good. But it's it in the middle of Ohio, so yes. it's an interesting mix. <laughs> yeah, I was I was with uh, some friends who live in Columbus uh, for school reasons, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we don't suggest that people move here. We have some opinions." And I was like, "I understand." Yeah, I do understand why they would have a good bar like that, though, for mm-hmm. the gays that are stuck there. Exactly. I noticed that sort of as a trend is that some of my favorite bars tended to be in the places where that was the only sort of queer resource mm-hmm. um, in that area, because I think that they have more of that uh, need for it almost when it's harder to be yourself when you're walking down the street or getting groceries. Right you really want to find that strong community gathering space. And so these bars are like, have so much more history and community built into them just because of that fact. I was yeah. talking to the owner or no, the managers of Sue Ellen's, which is the lesbian bar in Dallas. I always confuse Houston and Dallas in my brain now. Um, Every city in Texas is just one star for me. <laughs> Um, but I was talking to them and I was like, what do you think? Like, why has this bar survived and all these other lesbian bars in this neighborhood haven't? Mm-hmm. And they were like, I think honestly, it's sur- like these Southern bars have survived because they're in the South. The South has a pretty good amount of lesbian bars. Um, mm-hmm. Like geographically, it evens out in region. Right. Um, but because they're in this area where it would normally be a little bit more hostile, I think people mm-hmm. are way more likely to pay patronage to those places whereas like in a city like los angeles where there's just so much gay stuff happening all the time it's hard to find that um gathering place that you want to go and you are making an effort to go to and support and then that of course makes the experience of just being there as a whole even better because these people Mm -hmm. have like a true love for that place and have that community and then even if you're just visiting it's really fun absolutely when i go to a bar and you like walk in and everyone's just because i'm super social i'm a talker i'm a sagittarius i cannot shut up um and when i like walk in somewhere and like people are just like kind of kept to themselves i'm like what like can we all like talk together Mm -hmm. um did you go to blush and blue it's in denver that's the bar that i've been to when my friend and i went to denver uh a couple years ago and we actually went during halloween and it was amazing it's fun it was amazing they also had like a halloween drive performance before like it's so much fun in there like i mean it's nearly 10 times bigger so you can 
put 10 times more gays in Depending it. on when you went, I think they've expanded since then because now they have like okay. a basement area. They have a tarot okay. lounge and it's speakeasy on the weekends. I was not there on the weekend. That sounds amazing. Um, so I'm going, I'm actually have a trip planned to Denver in January for other reasons. And I'm like, now I get to see the dip basement of blush and blue. Oh, <laughs> like I'm it's sure a very Because yeah, when I went, it was, you know, just like the main area. And like, mm-hmm. I remember my friend and I like went upstairs because it was pretty crowded in there. Definitely cool. didn't have the basement at that time. Um, but the upstairs is just like it's small room with like a yeah. pool table. Um, and we were just like looking over, but it definitely didn't have the basement. We'll have to go back because I was going to move to Denver, not moving to Denver anymore because everything is just expensive. I'm going to just travel. I can do that. Just stay here. Um, But I was actually going to have to cross country road trip with my dad. And that one was going to be four days. And I was like, actually, no. Were you by yourself the whole time? I was. Yeah. Okay. How, how was it like traveling by yourself? I mean, cause I know you're meeting so many new people, so I'm sure that's exciting, but just like kind of like being on your own at the same time it it was it was weird like this is the i think the longest trip i've ever taken as an adult and the first time i've ever really traveled alone Mm -hmm. and i was in my car for a month um so it was a lot um i uh have a patreon and i was recording like voice notes a lot Mm -hmm. or like a patreon tier um and that sort of helped keep me sane because i was just like pretending that i was talking to people (laughs) um and i would call people a lot um, and I listened to a absurd amount of audiobooks. Um, I think in the two week trip, I listened to like 15 audiobooks. Um, I'm powered through it. Um, but it was really fun actually to just sort of spend that much time with myself and like pretty completely making my own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being able to do only what I wanted to be doing. Um, right. Like I listened to my own, you know, intuition. If I wanted to stay longer, if I I did. If I wanted to leave, I did. If I like didn't want to, you know, have a phone call with somebody for whatever reason, I didn't. Like I just sort of like allowed myself to be who I was, and I wasn't yeah. trying to like be like when I went to these bars. I'm I tend to be more of an introverted person, and there were nights when I was like feeling more extroverted and was talking and having a good time. Mm-hmm. But there were nights when I weren't, when I wasn't, and I was like, I'm not gonna force myself to have that experience oh, just yeah. because I think I should. I'm going to try and experience each of these bars as I would be experiencing them if I was just here on a regular day, mm-hmm. like trying to represent really what like a have. normal experience would be. Yeah. yeah. And like, it helps take a lot of the pressure off of me. Cause at first I was really nervous about making it like a full journalistic experience. And I'd had, I had like a list of questions that I was going to ask every owner and manager. And I did talk to a handful of them. Um, and most of the time we just ended up having a conversation and that was so much better right. than annoying questions that I came up with at midnight, like two days before I left. No, when you're like staring at a, like a clipboard of questions, you're like, this mm-hmm. isn't flowing as well as like most conversations do. Like, let's just trash this and we'll just yeah. chat and then I'll mm-hmm. jot down whatever later and just go off of that. Exactly. You get it. That's so much fun though. And did you get any like business experience? Did you like pick the minds of these managers to get business experience for your bar? A couple of them, yeah. And I had three different owners when I told them about this project and then told them about how I wanted to open up a bar immediately who were like, I'll help you. 
like, let me know when you're going to do this. Like, I want to help you. And I was like, thank you so much. Um, Now what you need to do is you need to get, like, all of the ones that said they were going to help you and then Trixie Mattel and then have a TV show on HGTV to build the lesbian bar. (laughs) And then you can also just gain all that clout. And then you can have, like, all of, like, Drag Race come for, like, opening weekend. It would be amazing. This has to happen now. It's so funny that right now, you know, on her personal email I have. You know, my ex does have Trix and Mattel's personal email because they work for WoW, um, World of Wonder. Um, So theoretically, I do have have several degrees of connection there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you know, perfect. Just do a full extravaganza of me opening up a lesbian bar. Um, That sounds like content. Do you, like, want to open it in L.A. or do you want to open it somewhere else? Because, I mean, I know we were saying, like, um, you know, more of the southern areas, you know, have good bars and, like, Los Angeles doesn't really want to. So kind of bring it to L.A. I am going back and forth on that because originally the plan was to do it in Los Angeles because um, that's where I've lived the past five years before I moved to Vermont and that's where I'm going to be for a while now. But especially living in Vermont, Vermont is a very queer state. It's very queer friendly. There are a lot of gays. There are a lot mm-hmm. of trans people. Um, but there is almost no, there are no gay bars at all. Not even like a regular gay bar. Um, and there isn't any gay infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, like there aren't consistent gay events. The pride is always a little bit weird. Um, Montpelier, the capital, just had its first pride this past June since like the 90s. Um, so it's a it weird so gay, you would think that they would yeah. have a lot of events. You would think. But I, I lived there for a year and a half and I started organizing a dyke night monthly because there was nothing happening for gays. And I was like, we need we need to have something that's going on that isn't just for pride and isn't just like when somebody has the energy to organize a one-off thing, like we need to have regular consistent whatever. And so more and more, I think about opening it up in Vermont. um, I found such a cool queer community there and it's the community there is so aching for anything that I think that there would be a lot of support. Um, And Vermont has a really cool culture of cooperatively owned spaces. Um, which is something that I've gotten into um, and I go back and forth with because I love the concept, but also I want it to be my baby and I want to do everything my exact way I pictured in my head. Um, so that's a, a compromise that I will figure out when it gets slightly more financially feasible. Um, but yeah, it, and maybe it'll be like, I'll live in LA for a couple of years, meet a beautiful, rich lesbian who wants to fund me, uh, do uh, open up a lesbian bar here in LA, that gets super successful. And then I take that success and I open one in Vermont. And then I just uh, am bi-coastal between the two. And that's mm-hmm. my ideal life. And then you can just do a third one in Charlotte because we don't have any lesbian bars either. Perfect. The gay bar scene in general is really not what i think it should be especially in a place like charlotte north carolina like it's it's not like la but you know it's still a big city and i feel like it is really queer like i know the only like stable place we have is chasers and it's not a lesbian bar it's a drag bar um and it's really fun but it's like there's no like specific spaces so Mm -hmm. open up your third one here um I've been joking a lot that I just want to have like a queer empire. 
So I'll just yes. have little bars all across the country and I'm just overseeing them all. Yep. And then instead of only what, 24 lesbian bars, it'll be 240. Yes. And they're all owned by me. <laughs> Perfect. This, okay. Here's the thing. I, all of the lesbian bars that I went to fall, fell into one of two categories and then the newer bars opened up a third category. Um, but all of them were either like neighborhood dive bars with like lesbians drinking Miller Lite or they were like party party club time. Um, and there was no in between. And it was really weird going back and forth between those for a while. And then the two uh, or the, like, the three newest bars, two mm-hmm. in Chicago and then the one in Portland are all like more of a cocktail bar oh, vibe, um, which I think is like a weird, interesting trend. Um, that the newer bars tend to be more cocktail focused, which I like because I'm a cocktail bartender and I'm like, cool, that's what I want my bar to be. But also lots of beer. Right, Um, like you can still have a good time, but you know, you can be fancy when you want to. Yeah. Uh, I drank so many. I literally like, I I kept track of everything that I drank and I tallied it up at the end um, and counted like every single Miller Lite and PBR (laughs) and whatever the else I had. I had 54 drinks total um, at all of these bars. And I think 11 Miller Lights was my uh, oh, man. top build. <laughs> that would be dangerous um, because then, I am such, I, I, I do love a good beer, like a good craft beer. I don't know what it's like in Vermont or LA, but like if you come to Charlotte, it's especially Asheville, which is like an hour and a half uh that way i don't i don't know geography um but it's like you throw a pebble and you'll hit three different breweries um so love beer but unfortunately i also love red bull vodkas so i wonder how many red bull vodkas i could drink like that that would be dangerous i would make it to the next place (laughs) yeah i i had a 20 dollar budget per bar um for saving money reasons and also because i was going to a bar every single night and i didn't want to completely destroy my liver um it is an important organ um so yeah i was drinking a lot of just like what's your four dollar beer that sounds what's on sale i'll take Um, it exactly happy hour sign me up um my the very last bar i went to in san francisco i ended i was i planned this whole thing where I was like, oh, I'm going to end this whole road trip on a Saturday night in San Francisco. Gay Mecca. It's going to be amazing. I had so many high expectations. It's one of, I think it's like the oldest lesbian bar in the country. Henrietta Hudson in New York claims to be the oldest lesbian bar in the country, but they're not based on pure math. Like the Wild Side West in San Francisco has been open since like 1962. And Henrietta Hudson's opened up in the 90s. And I was like, this math is not mathing. Well, is the there, did I miss something? Not, you know, if it was like months different, you can make that claim. Fine. 30 years is. But, and I was, I know, I was like, did Wild Side West like just close for a long time? And so it hasn't been like longest operating. I don't understand. Anyway, um, I have this whole plan. Saturday night, San Francisco. And then I get there and it's almost all straight people. And I was so annoyed. Um... <laughs> like mostly straight people and then gay men and then dykes yep. and i was like what's happening i here? feel like that's what this i experience not- when i go charlotte we have scorpios um i haven't been mm-hmm. in a while so i mean anyone in charlotte if it's different now sorry i'll try it again but um the last time i went 
it was gay men, which fine, but then it was like straight people, and then mm-hmm. it was the bouncers, and then it was <laughs> the dykes, like nothing. Um, and yep. I remember I have like. I don't remember like the entire time I was there, but I have this vivid memory of standing in the middle of the dance floor. And it it had potential to be so cool because I don't even know what kind of building it is, but it's the dance floor is like this huge two-story thing. So it's like really open and like lots of lights and everything. And I remember standing there and I was just like looking around and I was like, I still don't belong here. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Um, yeah, and we need to change that. Like, allies, we love you, but please stop going to our bars. Go to a different, Go to a different bar. There are so many bars, please. and that's like something that I noticed a lot on this trip. And again, there are twenty-four lesbian bars, so each one really can only be so much. Um, but I noticed that really consistently of a lot of bars having a really high population of not dykes, um, like both straight people and like gay men mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I went to uh, Babes of Carytown in Richmond, Virginia, the okay. night before Virginia Pride, which I did not realize. Um, and by the time I left, there were like three or four dykes left in the entire place. And the rest was like gay twinks. And I was like, I understand that this is probably, I think this is the only gay bar in town. So I yeah. get it. but. Also, this is weird. This is weird energy. Right. Um, Not to sound like like a frat boy, like the ratio is off, but like the ratio is really off when you are a lesbian bar. Exactly. And that's why like the bars that were among my favorites were up there is because the ratio very clearly favored dykes. There were other people because they're always going to be. Um, And I don't necessarily want to be in a space that's entirely lesbians. Like, I feel like that might also be a little bit weird in some other ways. That's a little bit dangerous, Um, I think. Like, I've always wanted to be on, like, an all-lesbian Love Island, but also imagine how messy an all-lesbian Love Island would be. You would have to have, like, security guards. Something would happen. Exactly, yeah. Um, but like, like Slammers was a really good example of like a neighborhood bar that everybody came to, but it very clearly was like Dykes. Yes. Um, which I really appreciated. Um, and it's like, again, that is like one of those things that I took for like my eventual lesbian bar space mm-hmm. is like wanting it to be a space that everybody feels welcome and that they can come to, but always centering like Dykes right. and queerness and having that be at like the heart of it all. And if it isn't, if it ever doesn't feel like that, you need to look at that and read it. Yeah, Dykes get in free. Uh, Twinks, you have to pay like a dollar or five dollars. You get in cheap. Allies, straight people, 20 bucks, period. 20, easy. (laughs) And then you can just keep the ratio good from there. Perfect. Um, Yeah, it it was fun going to all of the different places and being like, okay, I really like this thing that you're doing don't like this part like i was surprised with the number of places that still had men and women's restrooms no, um most fun. of them had switched to like gender yeah. neutral but there were still some that had men and women but i was like huh. this is the year of 2022 my and, friend and, and um, first place. like come on yeah it was it was interesting um or like uh yeah just like taking notes about the whole thing and like you said creating this like big melting yes. pot of taking the best from everything um so that was really fun and like 
I have never seen so many neon signs in my life. Like that's something that I've noticed that the gays love. Yes. It's just a fun neon sign. That was the only Everywhere. light bulbs were neon signs. They don't actually yeah. have light bulbs in there. No. Um, Pearl Bar in Houston has like just a wall on their back patio that's just neon right. signs. Um, it's every, like that's their main. That was the thing that I noticed most about this bar was just how many neon signs there were. They were everywhere. Is it like a bit? It's really like, funny. Uh, what is that? I think it was Tuesdays a Tuesdays where they, like, they have like all this shit on the walls. Um, mm-hmm. It was like that. And it was like clearly set up for photos. Okay. Um, so you could like take it and like hashtag and tag mm. them and whatever. Um, but it was just like I did this thing at the end of every blog post where I would like as I was I have this little notebook that I would take to all the bars and like be writing my notes. I'm just a bad memory and I need to write things down. Um, and I would have little tallies at every bar that I went to of like what trends I noticed. I started out just as a joke at the first bar that I went to because I noticed like four different people wearing carabiners. And at first I was like, oh, I'll just keep track of all the carabiners I see at all these bars. And then I realized not every bar is a carabiner bar. Some bars are flannel bars. Some bars are leather jacket bars. Some bars are cowboy bars. Um, and some bars, like Pearl Bar, are neon sign bars. And that was, like, the thing that I counted. Like, I went through my photos and I counted every single neon sign I could find. Uh, I think there were, like, 17 or something. I love it. Um, it was a lot. It was fun. <laughs> um, and so, like, here's just me in a corner, like, right at, like writing observations of what everybody around me is wearing, what they look like, and, like, tallying every time I see somebody wearing a flannel. Yeah. Um, no, I remember, at some point I was like, I hope nobody thinks I'm creepy. No, I love doing like for like research purposes, you know, like it's for science. And I remember when the TikTok of Emma Darcy and I don't remember the other actress's name because I love Emma Darcy and they are amazing. The uh, Negroni. Negroni Pagliato. Yeah, so my girlfriend because she's a bartender i was like how many like can you like keep track of how many of these you make next week for science or she shouldn't make any mm-hmm. so i guess my research is unfounded but that would be an interesting poll to take at all of the let's be bars is to ask all the bartenders how yeah. many of these have you had to make and how much do you want to die <laughs> yes i went to i think that it just happened Towards the end, but I was going to Doc Marie's, which is the one in Portland, um, and they had added it to their menu. Oh, wow. Like, just, like, on it. They're, like, Negroni Spagliata special. And I was, like, fuck it. I'm here. I'll get one. Um, I've had them before. Uh, and as a bartender, I could tell that they did not refrigerate their vermouth, which is a very pretentious thing. Um, and I really like Negroni's. Um, I know that it was, like, a joke that everybody was ordering them and then realizing that they didn't like Campari. Right. Um, or just like the flavor, um, they were just like, "Oh, Emma Darcy's drinking it, so I'm gonna drink it," which understandable. Um, but yeah, it was really funny of like trying to hear, overhearing people's pronunciation of it. Number one, and also seeing the bartenders first not know what people were talking yeah. about. They're like, "Do I need this again?" And then just being like, "Okay, okay fine." Over and over, but I understand being like, uh, like I'm very stuck up about my wine, like the wine that I'm drinking. I my favorite one is Sauvignon Blanc. But it has to be from Marlboro, New Zealand. If it's not from Marlboro, it tastes like shit. And I remember okay. I went to like a dinner or something and I got a wine. I was already like not feeling good. I think I was just like really hungover or something and I tried to hair the dog and 
it didn't work. Um, and I remember I took a sip and immediately I was like, this is not from Marlboro. And my girlfriend was like, just ask for another one, you know, like, life's too short to like drink a shitty thing. And I was like, I don't want to be that person who's like, okay, like, I know, like, this is a Sauvignon Blanc, but it's not a Sauvignon Blanc from Marlboro. Like, it's not, it's a, this is like a California. Like, can you give me a different, like, I don't want to be that person, but at the same time, like, huh. oh my God. I've never had. You like what you like, and that's okay. So I might have to try that one day and see if I like. I like like whiskey and stuff, so maybe. Get a Manhattan then. Oh yeah, I love Manhattan. Oh, I really like old fashions. I'm working my way to Manhattan's because I also did a similar journey. I started with old fashions and then moved to Manhattan's, then moved into Grannies. I I see the path. I love this. Now I have like something to work towards. Exactly. Love. Yeah, I need to see. I'm sure because there is a restaurant like right down, like from where I live, that and they make peanut butter and jelly old fashions, and it's amazing. It's like a peanut butter rye and then like an ice cube made out of mm-hmm. jelly. They can definitely oh, make a good negroni. I think. Oh yeah. That would be a good place to like I, try I, my I first heard. one. Maybe not like just like this sweaty club on a weekend i think if i asked for that they'd yeah. be like you get a red bull vodka every time don't even try to play <laughs> we know what you mm-hmm. like don't this is not the place for experimentation right now they'll be like we don't even have prosecco get out <laughs> oh yeah and also i remember i one of my guilty pleasures is the bachelor franchise i just love straight people drama it's the best thing ever like they can't communicate to save their lives i was watching bachelor in paradise today and two girls told the same thing they both got pulled for dates as they do on a dating show Mm -hmm. but they were already kind of in relationships and they like asked their guy they were like hey like i got invited to go on the date and both of the guys were like okay like you know obviously i'm not happy that you're going but like go like you know like go and both of them were like well now i don't want to date you because you obviously don't like me because you let me go on a date and you didn't tell me not to go and i'm like why didn't you just not go then if you didn't want to go like say yes or no like we don't why do we have to like hop around oh, the question the dating show. you're supposed to be going on dates i'm assuming so yeah. when one of the uh one of the arguments they are having it kept flipping between the argument and then the girl like saying her piece and the like when they like do the the talking head by themselves yeah um and in the fight you know i feel so bad for him because he was just like i don't know what i did Mm -hmm. which he literally didn't do anything because he was just trying to be not controlling and be like you're not allowed to go on a date even though we're on a dating show supposed to be exploring things yeah um and then when it flipped back she was like well i wanted him to say this and he didn't it's like why don't you just ask for what you want straight people don't know how to do that no uh the episode that we released today uh part of it's about situationships and armani and i were even talking like before we came out and we had situationships with men like it was just like a constant cycle Mm -hmm. awful fights things like that 
But now that like we came out and we're like dating in the queer spaces, people just tell you what they want. Like, you know, if someone likes you, like you don't have to guess, like they tell you 50 times a day. And yeah, uh, I started dating um, my partner because we hung out at a bar, like just kind of as coworkers, as friends. And then afterwards we're outside and they're like, hey, can I check in about something? I'm really attracted to you. And I was like, me too. Let's go. do it. Like, how do how do we go from here? What do we need to right. do in order to make this work? Oh, we're going to do X, Y, Z. Great. Oh and then God. we did it. It's that easy. <laughs> Say that you're attracted to people and then do the things that allow you to be in a relationship. I know. Like, sometimes I'll check in with my straight friends about, like, their relationships. and like, how are things? And they're like, I don't know. Like, he's giving me mixed signals. Like, I don't know what he's doing. He's probably doing X, Y, or Z. I'm like, why don't you just ask him? Or, like say what you want mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. real easy like i've gotten to the point which it's also because a few of my ex-girlfriends were not i hate saying crazy but they were crazy because um and so even like i'm so guarded but i've gotten to the point where i'm like this is what i want this is who i am these are my mental illnesses take it or leave it like for the first time ever i'm dating someone that somehow has zero mental illnesses like i remember i got so i got botox in my jaw because i just like grind my teeth in my sleep so they did that Mm -hmm. um and my like dentist made a joke that i had like the strongest temporal muscle she's ever felt and i was like it's the anxiety thanks and i like told that joke again to my girlfriend and she was like you have anxiety and i was like doesn't everyone she was like no she's like are you okay i was like well i mean i have anxiety depression and adhd like what are your mental illnesses and she was like nothing and i was like you just your brain's just clean, like smooth brain, like you're good. Like I, I don't understand it. It works. <laughs> like what's it like being God's? How do you go about the world? Right. What's it like going about the world without anxiety on a day to day basis? I would love to. Know. Oh my gosh! And if I don't take my tiny little pill, I get little brain zaps. Like come on, it's like I'm like the operation machine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly actually brutal talking about uh the straight like you know like straight people can't communicate i feel like we are pretty the playing fields are i have a picture in my head i'm probably not going to be able to say it but basically the straights have all the bars but they don't have the communication the gays have the communication we don't have the bars so we need to figure out a way we can like exchange resources uh, where everyone can Maybe not bring everyone together, but, you know, like, kind of fix um, And then we can have more great queer spaces, because I love going out with my friends on the weekends, but same straight people all the time. And, like, also, if I see I was at the bar, and I don't know what I need to do to look any gayer, but... I was just like, you know, when you like look over and you accidentally make eye contact with somebody, I like did that. And the second I was like, Mm -hmm. like the second I made eye contact, I was like, I wish I never did that. And then for the next good, like five minutes, because I like made eye contact across the bar 
I watched him like snake his way like close to me, like slower and slower. And then he like tried to like do like a slick, like let me walk past you and like put his hand on my back. And I did the fastest spin. <laughs> and I put my hand out. I said, no. I said, do not. <laughs> and he the shock on his face. Because I, I for some reason he thought there was something, but sir, when we made eye contact, my face was disgust. That that wasn't like a come hither. That was a uh, like, uh-uh. I can't. God, the audacity. Which that's the other issue with like straight people in queer spaces is because like even if I go to a like a queer space, I feel like some straight guy is just still gonna try to like hit on me or like hit on one of my friends that I'm with. Because mm-hmm. also like I have a few friends that um are baby gays. I love him so much. Um, and they just happen to look like your average straight white girl, which nothing against them. That's just how they were born. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, even then, you know, like I kind of want that for them too. Cause you know, if you go to queer space, you're kind of more comfortable. You can have better experiences. Now it's like, if we just go to a bar, that's what we have available mm-hmm. You can't really gauge as well. And I'm like, I'm trying to help you, and I can't. Yeah. Um, I remember this was when I was single, but one of my friends, like, I was going out with them, and I was like, I'm not meeting anyone. I was like, this feels like a waste of time. And she was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'll find you someone. Like, it's going to be so easy. Three weekends went by. I said, checking in on uh, what you said last month about how easy it is to find gays in clubs. She's like, yeah, no, it's impossible. I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've mm-hmm. also had the experience where I would make eye contact with a girl and she'd give me the eyes. You know the eyes. And I, I'm, I'm bold, but I also like to, like, verify that before I like make a move, like really like mm-hmm. be sure. And she had looked at me multiple times. Like I was with my friends, she was looking at me and I was like catching her. So I was like, fuck it. I walked up to her and I was like, hey, like I think you're really pretty. Like here's my number. Like can I get your number? And she's like, I'm straight. And I was like, why were you looking at me for the past hour like that? <laughs> and like I hate that. I know, which I was in a straight bar, so that was that was my first mistake. But but still, if if someone is making eyes for that long, there's mm-hmm. a reason. They just don't want to admit it yet. I too was a baby gay at that point, and I had no idea what I was doing. And I think one night I just went up to every single person that I thought was hot and. Even there's the slightest bit possibly clear, queer, got turned down. Over oh, weird. We were not doing well that night. We were down bad. I literally went home like a sad puppy dog. I was like, it's straight. Why is it oh straight? God, gotta get you out of Charlotte, and, man. Oh my god, really? Like even even my girlfriend doesn't live in Charlotte. Like I met her in Charlotte at Charlotte Pride. 
And even when I met her, I knew I was like, she's definitely not from here. I've never seen her before. I said, if I, you know, but when that whole experience happened, like with getting shut down, like I was a baby gay and I had just come out of the closet. And when I was still in the closet and sleeping with men, it was so easy to pull. When I was in college and I like still had like long hair and my sorority personality and all of that, um, I could pull a guy at a bar two seconds. Easy. <laughs> and so then I think when I came out, I was like, it'll be exactly the same thing. I got this mm-hmm. big dick and everything. Mm-hmm. No, I was nope. humbled really, really quickly. <laughs> I, I had a very similar experience. Um, I, especially like right out of college, I was very much like manic pixie dream girl type. Um, and I was just like, I used to go to this like monthly event and I did not leave ever without at least one person's number. Um, and I was like, I literally would just like pick a spot to sit and then people would come up to me all night. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have to move. It's great. And then came out cut my hair off I'm like it's going to be the same it's going to be great but then I realized that now that I present more masculinely the stupid social contract that we all have in our brains that we can't uh extract uh says that I have to be the one to go up to people now I don't know how to do that scary I am afraid of rejection (laughs) you have way more courage than I do for going up to people at all even if you get turned down (laughs) every time I'm I'm in a bar and I'm like that person's real cute so I'm just gonna like occasionally look over at them but if it looks like they're looking my way i'm gonna shoot the other direction uh, but they're still gonna pick up on it and then they're gonna go yeah. yeah exactly i'm, I'm like i'm gonna telepathy pisces is just gonna like shoot kind of into your brain. You a little bit. it's like you, mm-hmm. you come up to me you're gonna like, fall in love with me and it's mm-hmm. gonna be fine this was so much fun i really wish yeah. armani could have been on here to meet you um she's great She's more of a mean lesbian than I am, I would say. Yeah. If you listen to the way that she talks to girls versus me, I'm like, very, like... And then she's... I remember one time she was dating this girl, and she she was like, do you want to take a shower? You know, like, be all cute. And Armani was like, no. Absolutely not. But she's really fun. So we'll have to do something else later and stuff. Um, but thank you so much for joining me on the thank podcast. Thank you for having me. And you're like our first official guest that isn't a family member <laughs> or <laughs> friend. So congratulations. Thank you for being the first. And thank you for. We're just also going to say that you're the first person to hit all the lesbian bars and wants to cross country. So give you that medal honor as well. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug yeah if you want to read all of the blog posts um from this journey that i took i wrote about every single bar and they're all at the long road to lesbos.com uh the instagram is the same at the long road to lesbos um and if you want to follow me on my personal um instagram is zoo holmstrom h-o-l-m-s-t-r-o-m uh, same on TikTok. If you want to follow me there, I guess that's what the youths are doing. Is the TikTok? <laughs> the youths. Um, I but... feel so old because I'm not sure if you've gotten any TikToks about it, but it's like that new word for like 
shooting your shot at someone like Riz or like razzing. I had to look it up on Urban Dictionary to see what it was. And I was like, I don't like this. I'm, I don't like it whatsoever. Um, but yeah, so any use Gen Z, I know we have a 13 year old listener. Don't tell your parents you listen to this. Um, <laughs> go give them a follow because their yeah. story is really interesting. And I'm sure all the blog posts are so great. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Uh, thank you everyone else for listening to this very special episode. Um, as always, follow us on the Patreon at patreon.com slash And if you have any stories or questions for Zoo that you'd like me to pass along, just go ahead and email me at bloodsbeanspodcast at gmail.com. See you guys later. Bye.